Storytelling. Moments in time. The things we don't want to forget. Details that are etched in our souls are every day. Teaching. Artists who want to share their passion for telling the stories of their lives so you can better tell the stories of yours. Sharing. A space and place to share your work, be inspired, motivated, supported, and learn from one another. Community. A group for photographers run by photographers. We welcome you to this community. Welcome to Hello Storyteller Podcasts. I'm Megan Boggs, a natural light, lifestyle, outside the box, and motive photographer, and mom of two sweet girls based out of Tulare, California. And I'm Melissa Ortendahl, a natural light, lifestyle, and documentary photographer based in central Massachusetts. Be the first to know about all of our upcoming educational opportunities, blogs, podcasts, mini lesson tutorials, and more. Make sure to check out our website at www.hellostoryteller.com and sign up for our mailing list to receive all the exciting new updates. everybody and welcome to today's episode of Hello Storyteller Podcasts. Um, it's Melissa and Meg. Hi Meg. Hi. And today we have with us um, Craig from Lens Baby. Hi Craig. Hi guys. How are you? Good. Um, so we're really excited to get a chance to kind of talk to you um, Craig about uh, your role at Lens Baby and Lens Baby as a, as a whole, as a company, um, as a photography resource um, and obviously a lens uh, creator and provider for photographers. Um, and so we kind of like to jump in just to give people an idea of who we're talking to today. <laughs> if you could give us a little bit of your background of how long you've been with Lens Baby, what your role is there, and how you kind of um, came to work there. You bet. I'm glad to be on the show. Um, let's see. So I started Lens Baby, and it came out of a uh, process for me of making camera lenses for myself, for my own uh, photographic work. I was a photojournalist. I, uh, then moved into magazine work and then, um, weddings and, and family work. And, and about the time I went digital, I, I started experimenting with non-traditional lenses and that led me into starting, uh, a company based on some unique lenses that you couldn't get from anybody else. That's really interesting to me that you kind of started working. So when you said that you started working with non-traditional lenses, what did that look like for you? Well, it initially looked like going to New York, having a camera that had a 1.6x crop, and my 28 millimeter couldn't get any in any of the buildings. And so I just started going into those little camera stores on Times Square and mm-hmm. picking up their, you know, quote unquote, $700 uh, accessory lenses that you screw on in the front of the lens, which they'll sell you for $90 if you ask. Um, <laughs> And and just testing and saying, okay, well, this wide-angle lens, it bends the lines, it makes the edges blurry wide open, uh, but as I stop it down, it kind of looks like a, a wide-angle, you know, a fisheye uh, that, that fills up the frame. And so I ended up buying one of those, uh, which gave me super close focus. It gave me essentially what's come to be known as the original lens baby effect, where you have one area of sharp focus in the center and gradual blur as you move away from that spot. Uh, at brighter apertures. And so that's where it started. But from there, it went to getting 120 folding cameras and taking the lenses off and putting them onto my DSLRs and, and, uh, and experimenting. So yeah, it was, it was crazy. 
Yeah, that's yeah. fascinating. <laughs> well, I just find it so intriguing and interesting to because I'm not sure that you know any of that would have ever kind of occurred to me in that way um, to say, hey, let me just try out all these different types of lenses and try <laughs> to kind of make them work and see what effects I get from them. So that's a really I don't know. I just find that really intriguing. Um, I'm always interested to see how, especially with, you know, with creatives, um, not just photographers, but other people, you know, how, how the brain process works, right. To kind of get them, you know, to where they are, how they kind of got there. So that to me is really, just really interesting about how kind of your desire to just do something different and and really kind of try and see what could happen and what effects could come from that has resulted in in where you are today with Lens Baby. Um, so I would love to know because I I'm just fascinated by the whole process of where the ideas come from to create um, the different Lens Baby lenses um, and how long does that process take from kind of like idea to you know here it is available for sale like what does that process look like? Yeah, that's a great question. And, and having gone through it so many times, uh, that, uh, you know, I'm, I'm uniquely, uh, qualified to answer it because it, there's no one answer in terms of, uh, where the ideas come from. Sometimes the ideas are, uh, I, I just say, well, this is what I want. Let me make one and see if it works. And, and working with all the tools available today, I can do that. Um, you know, with, with 3d printers and with all the lenses that we've got around here mm. that I can take apart and experiment with. And, and so sometimes it's that hands-on process of, Oh, I wonder if I can do this with a lens. Um, and, and most of the time since we've come into being since the original lens baby in 2004 that we introduced at WPPI in Vegas, um, it's been, our users saying, I want something brighter. I want something sharper. I want something that stays in place when I bend it. I want, you know, and so we're solving problems that are using the, the original innovations, which were mechanical, uh, lens baby has had some optical innovations over the years, but initially, and, and our foundation is because we, we found a different way to focus a lens and a different way to tilt a lens. And we created problems that our users said, can you solve this? And then we solved it. And that, that's been our roadmap. I really like that you're taking feedback from other photographers saying, you know, hey, could is this possible? And it just, it feels so like just there's so many possibilities in terms of what could be done or what could be created to create something that is, you know, brand new and different. Um, because one of the things that I, you know, and just kind of going through the Lens Baby site and looking at the work and, and having, you know, colleagues that use Lens Baby lenses, I'm always just really intrigued by just the different types of looks and feels that you can get um, by using your lenses. And I think it's just so neat that they can twist and turn and, you know, they kind of move in all these different directions, which is not typical of a standard kind of typical lens, you know? Sure. Um, and, and I would say that that's, that mirrors or, or is similar to, to what we experience as photographers. We go out into the world with a blank slate. You know, we, we have not seen what we're there to photograph or we've not decided what it is that we're going to go out to look for. And as we go out, those decisions get made and, and that day or that shoot or that week or that year, uh, starts to take on shape in terms of what, what is my vision? What, what are we working towards, 
to create. And uh, for me, I'm primarily creating something you can hold on your hands and something you can mount on your camera. Uh, but that decision process of, for me, starting with how can I create something unique that I can't with my L series lenses. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and that's where, you know, it started, but it led down this path. And, and, you know, those decisions we make as photographers are very similar in other, uh, to other modes of creativity and, and this creativity of creating lenses and creating products for photographers has taken a very similar path. Sure. And at what point did you think to yourself, you know, when you were kind of, you know, making your own lenses and using them for your own work, at what, at what point was there, was there a, 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 a point at which you thought to yourself, I think there's going to be an interest in this. To so kind of move yeah, in that, that, that came pretty quickly because when digital hit, I I'd been using Photoshop for 10 years at that point, uh, working in newspapers, maybe not quite, but, uh, since about 92. And so for me, I could do some interesting things in Photoshop. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it was a lot of work. And right. so when, and, and I was a photojournalist, so I was prohibited from doing that in 99% of my work, and, right. <laughs> you know, and my own sense of ethics coming from that background, I didn't want to, you know, even in weddings and whatnot, I didn't want to start doing things that weren't allowed, um, and people were hiring me as a photojournalist, so, so I wanted to keep true to that. Um, yeah. But the, uh, yeah, so, so we didn't have the tools that are acceptable today to use in photography um, that, that create really compelling software effects. And mm-hmm. so when other photographers saw what I was doing and shooting for my clients and um, they were looking at that going, how'd you do that? Because we, we were pretty much limited to what you could do in camera right. or very, you know, tedious and or simple things to do in software. And so uh, first it was my friends. And then I got asked, one of my friends was Kevin Kubota. He saw what I was doing. He asked me to come teach what I was doing with these uh, non-traditional lenses, which was basically what I bought in New York. And mm. it was, it's like, okay, well, how am I going to teach about this thing? Go to New York, right. try and <laughs> try and find another one like this. Uh, put it on the front of your 28 millimeter f1.8 Canon lens if you shoot Canon if if you have that lens like you know yeah. it, it kind of narrowed down to I'm not going to really get the interest of many people so that's when I took some ideas I'd been working on for years of how do I get my medium format lenses to be tilt shift lenses on my um, on my SLRs because they just sit in their box like, you know, 364 days a year. (laughs) And, um, and so why can't I take advantage of this beautiful glass with this huge image circle? So, uh, I took that idea and went out and just looked for a way to block out the light, um, of, you know, so that there, it wasn't freelancing and found shop vac hose that I could squish and focus and and then I went to one of Kevin Kubota's workshops and I had a box of lenses I had a you know a couple pieces of shop vac hose that I was cutting down to size I had a Dremel that I was cutting out body caps that I could snap the the uh, the uh, 
tubing into the, mm. the shop back hose into and i had a lot of gaffers tape and my <laughs> room at that at that resort that we were staying at was was a complete disaster as i was making these <laughs> frantically so that the 25 people at this workshop could all play with one um and everybody wanted one and then that happened yeah. for two more workshops and everybody wanted one and i went to sam pardue who ended up being my my business partner with lens baby uh and said hey you know everybody's everybody really likes this lens baby thing which apparently i hadn't told him about he's like lens baby and uh <laughs> yeah you know what the hell are you talking about yeah right <laughs> um, and so i explained it to him he unlike you know probably any other marketing person on the planet uh took that crazy little idea that i handed him you know shop back hose and duct tape and a body cap and then called, like, I think he got a hold of seven or ten photographers who all gave him very consistent feedback that a marketing person could get behind. And he said, all right, let's do this. So he and I came in and, and started the company. That's amazing. So at this point, how many different lenses does LensBaby currently have, like, in terms of that are available for purchase? So we're currently making about, um, you know, I... I should, probably should have counted this before our our conversation here, but we've got about ten different options um, yeah. of combinations of standalone lenses or our optic swap system that come, you know, as as complete lenses, but then have individual optics that swap in and out. So uh, we've got a couple of offerings um, just for for mirrorless and then uh, mm. everything else works on mirrorless and on uh, SLRs. That's awesome. Which one's your favorite? Oh, how do you choose? I know, right? <laughs> They're my babies. Right. Um, you know, I go back to, and and a lot of this is because of the, um, the Worldwide Pinhole Photography Day uh, that happens in April each year. And so once a year, at least, I bring out my my pinhole optic, which we came out with in 2008, um, and shoot with that. And it's got both pinhole and zone plate, which is a different type of pinhole that lets a lot more light in and uh, kind of focuses unlike a pinhole and kind of doesn't and uh, creates a very dreamy, uh, low contrast image that, that I can bring in. So for that that for me really reduces photography down to um, composition and and contrast and and if I'm if I'm using color, um, it 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 eliminates the ability to get a sharp image and so you're really reduced to how do I make if I if I'm taking out focus as one of my contributors to my image how right. do I make something compelling with this and I I just get energized by that and yeah. I love it. I do too. I, I freelance a lot. So I get that uh, similar energy where, you know, you kind of embrace the, the beauty of the blur and you find a story within, you know, the unfocused and right. it's just this dreamy, whimsical effect that you just can't recreate. And it's just this, it's just moving. I love it. Yeah. That's great. And, and the challenge that comes with that too. You know, I think that's one of the things that really kind of sticks out to me about, 
um, about the Lens Baby lenses is, you know, looking at the work that people are producing. It's so widely different, right? Because they're shooting all oh, different yeah. kinds of genres. and But it, it, it grabs your attention because it is so different. It's not your typical standard shot. That's and it's and I love all the different variations and the different ways that the different artists use them and utilize them and really kind of share their own voice and story um, in using the lens baby lenses and that kind of leads us into one of the things that um, I was really impressed by is just the extensive access to educational resources that you have within the lens baby site and community. Um, and I wanted to talk to you a little bit about that because I think, it, you know, it, I was expecting there to be some tutorials on the lenses and how to use them and whatnot, but it's so much more than that. Um, there's a blog, there's the Lens Baby University, there's YouTube, there's this Makers Artist video series. How did all that kind of come together? Because I feel like that's also a huge undertaking in terms of creating resources oh, yeah. and managing resources for photographers. And so I'd love to get uh, just a little bit more kind of insight from you on why that it feels like it's a really important part of the Lens Baby kind of community. And so I'd love to know kind of where that thought process came from. Well, Melissa, as as you were saying um, before your question, the, the vast uh, variety and, and you know, um, breadth of the type of work that people are doing with Lens Baby is, uh, it's, it's pretty awe-inspiring. And for me, mm. having come out with um, a crazy little lens in 2004 that, uh, for me, I was just having fun with it. I wasn't doing serious work with it. And I, you know, I was certainly not stopping it down to get, you know, the subtle effects that people do at the darker apertures. I was not, uh, I was not shooting a, you know, I wasn't shooting photojournalism with it. It immediately showed up within three or four months at, on the cover of the New York Times magazine, mm, um, wow. you know, it, doing some really serious photojournalism that was it, that needed the lens baby to be able to to present it. It was a famine in in Africa, and um, you know the the lens baby softened the harshness of the image and really just pulled out the emotion of this woman holding her her you know child that was malnourished, and um, and so for for me as as I look at that, how do we how do we get those resources? How do we expose people that are coming in saying, "Okay, the way I see the world is this way"? How can Lens Baby fit into that? Um, and then, how can Lens Baby help me see in a new way and and see beyond that? And so, those resources uh, have have been compiled over over quite a bit of time with a lot of work intentionally to expose people to, okay, this is what users are out there doing. It's not just, we're not just talking about a tool. We're talking about what, what you can see with that tool and, and how that can be completely different. Um, you know, our most versatile lens is the, uh, well, line of lenses is the velvet that we've got a velvet 56 and a velvet 85 and to be able to have just completely different looks at wide open versus f4 versus f8 and it's not just about depth of field and we're expecting people to come in and pick up a lens that's unlike anything they've ever put on their camera before and and <laughs> 
if we want them to be successful, we really have to expose them to other users that are out there um, making images with that lens that that can help them that have gone ahead and done that because it's a it's a learning curve, and so um, you know wealth of information that you're talking about is is necessary, and we really want to support the people that are supporting. Uh, this line of lenses that that is kind of crazy and uh, is different than anything else that's been out there. Which I think is such a huge, I don't know, I think it's a huge benefit to to purchasing a lens and, and using that and knowing that all of that information is there. Um, you know, I, I, hopefully for people to be inspired to, you know, to to use it in perhaps a serious way, if that's what they're choosing to do for, for client work and not just for their own personal work. Um, but to be able to be inspired by how widely different ways people are, you know, using these lenses, like in just going through the, the makers artists kind of video series, like it's so different from artist to artist to artist about how they're using these in, in their, in their work that it really does kind of like open your mind up, I think, to just a different way of looking at things, which I think inherently in, in using a lens baby lens, you, you kind of have to, <laughs> you have yeah. to open up your mind and think, okay, I've got to put, you know, everything that I kind of have known necessarily to the side for a second and kind of really allow myself to view the, my world through my camera in a very different, completely different way than I'm, than I'm used to. Um, and those, you know, the resources that you guys have available, um, are just, are so, extensive and amazing. Um, well, well, I'm glad you've been able to dig into them. And, and uh, you know, it's, I think a, a lot of users, a lot of people do buy something because their friends told them about it. And right. if they don't really take something brand new like this and, and see what is possible with it, oftentimes they lose interest and, and we don't want them to do that. Yeah. I also noticed that you guys have a, a weekly feature page on your blog. Uh-huh. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We, we, there's so many great images that are shared, um, and so we want to we want to highlight that and 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 get those users out there that are are using our lenses uh, to make some unbelievable images. We want to give them some exposure. And how do um, artists get featured? So are they tagging on Instagram? Or are they sending them to the company directly? So it's it's by getting it out there on you know and getting getting views and uh kind of when we notice that something's being recognized out there whether it's instagram or facebook or or whatnot and that that's when that's when we say okay this this is something worth sharing um you know obviously if there's if there's something submitted to us directly that's just that really strikes a chord with with all of us then certainly we're going to share that but more often than not um the 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 talented photographers that are out there uh, putting things on Instagram and Facebook and and whatever other um, venues they they are out there sharing on um, if if they tag it with Lens Baby if they tag it with Seeing a New Way that that brings exposure to that image uh, that we see it and then as as that gets more exposure in the community that's that's how we recognize it and, and say that this is something that uh, that we're going to share yeah that's great so it looks like you um, have a new lens that's coming out or that's in pre-order I should say um, is that correct the composer pro 2. With Edge 35 optics. With Edge 35, yep. Yeah. So what is maybe different about this lens than the other lenses that are currently available? And what is kind of, what excites you about this one? 
So the Composer Pro 2 with Edge 35 is um, is something that we've been working on for a long time. We actually were told by t- several optical engineers that it was impossible. And um, <laughs> our most recent optical engineer is, we, I like to think of him as a bit of a wizard, uh, <laughs> where he... He's really taken some a lot of our ideas that uh, have have previously been impossible and made them real. So this is a 35 millimeter focal length, which in our system is is a, a very wide angle lens. It's essentially a medium mm-hmm. format um, lens because it has to have a huge image circle to cover the 35 millimeter focal plane um, when it's tilted and. Uh, it's extremely sharp corner to corner when you're pointed straight ahead, which is unlike most lens baby lenses, which have some sort of effect, whether that is a large or a small sweet spot with gradual blur as you move away from that. Uh, they have a lot of swirl on some of them on the burn side and the, and the twist and, and the trio when it's in twist mode. Um, or they have at the brighter apertures, they have the beautiful velvety glow over, over the tack sharp detail, which is, um, our velvet series of lenses. And so the, 35 millimeter focal length, edge 35. In the Composer Pro 2, it gives you a um, a slice of focus when it's tilted. When it's pointed straight ahead, it is just a beautiful prime lens. And for me, that's how I use this this and the edge 50 um, the most is that that I'm going out there saying, I just need this one lens uh, because I can get a lens baby effect by tilting it, or I can get my favorite focal length at 35 um, pointed straight ahead in a corner to corner sharp image. And that's pretty much all I need. Um, So, and it also has great close focus. There's, there's all sorts of things going on for this. I would say that the edge 35 is the optic that, that, uh, I wanted back in 2004, but didn't know how to make, you know, yeah. and, and the, and the, I don't think the optical design software was up to speed, even if we had worked with the, um, the designer who ended up making this lens for us. Um, I, I don't think it was possible to do that back then. So, so everything, not only our capabilities and our knowledge of what needed to be explained to the engineer, but also, um, the technology that's allowed this to happen um, has resulted in in the lens that I wanted in the first place. Does it feel a little full circle? <laughs> yeah, it does. It <laughs> yeah. does because this is the the idea I had for getting my medium format lenses to get me that slice of focus um, on my SLRs, and and uh, you know I ended up stepping way back tech technologically on the optics and then getting back to a place where um this is this is what i this is what i was after yeah it's amazing and i love the versatility yeah. of lens i'm looking at some of the uh images that are on the website for it and they're just i find that you can like you said you can have that slice of focus or you can you know have it dead on and have a lot in focus or you can still have that dreamy bokeh swirly effect i mean it's just so versatile that i think i'm gonna have to get my hands on one of these like asap <laughs> <laughs> yes you are megan well i just think- when does it come out um, so we are shipping um but it the demand is high so we yeah. uh-huh. you know we 
go in and out of stocks as as we get the shipments in. Sure, that makes sense. Well, and I think what you were saying too about this particular lens is is being able to use it as a you know kind of a standard prime lens, but also having the ability to kind of shift and and you know kind of change the entire feel of an image with just kind of twisting the lens, which is kind of it is I mean, it is kind of mind boggling. <laughs> <laughs> yep. To think about it that way, like that there's so much versatility in this one kind of lens. Um, I can see why it would be really popular. Yeah. And I, let me point out too, the Composite Pro 2 is the body that, that focuses and tilts the the optic. The optics are interchangeable. Um, and the Composite Pro 2 has 15 degrees of tilt. And that's nearly twice as much as most wow. tilt shift lenses. So yeah. you're... In most situations, it's going to look like when you're fully tilted, it's going to look like your slice of focus is exactly perpendicular to your image plane because it's an exponential formula that as you tilt more, that that uh, that slice of focus comes at a greater and greater angle to the image plane. Um, now, if you're really close, if you've got really close and really far subject matter, uh, it's going to look like it's slicing across the, the image from left to right or right to left or top to bottom or bottom to the top. But that that 15 degrees of tilt is a tool that I think is a little bit overlooked when people compare lens baby to a view camera or to a tilt shift lens um, because it's giving you far more tilt than than what you can get from a tilt shift lens and so that versatility and that variability to be able to say oh yeah I, I want a normal kind of miniature effect when I'm looking down on this countryside or whatnot and uh, or I want a really dramatic um, miniature effect when when I tilt it all the way. You've got you've got tons of variability, not just with your aperture, uh, but also with your tilt. I have to say, Craig, this gets me very excited. <laughs> <laughs> I know, Mike. This is like right up your alley. Oh, it's so up my alley. I'm just sitting. I texted my husband saying, "Okay, I have to have this new lens now." <laughs> Get ready. <laughs> oh boy. So if someone had you know has never kind of played around. Um, with anything other than your standard prime or, or zoom lenses and, you know, in Canfield you'd said, okay, where, like, if you had to recommend one, where should I start? What's going to give me the most maybe versatility or what's going to be maybe the easiest for me to kind of transition into as I'm looking to try to create different effects in my work? What would your recommendation be? So first I would, I would encourage people to go to the Lens Baby site and, and look at the various effects that our lenses create. If they connect with the sweet spot of focus, uh, which is that one area of sharp focus, gradual blur as you move away from that spot, I would recommend the Lens Baby Soul. We came out with that a year ago, a uh, year and a half ago, and that's, that's a lens that allows you to tilt your lens, uh, to, to move that sweet spot around, but it also gives you the ability to lock it straight ahead, which is a great way to learn sweet spot photography, mm-hmm. is just locking it so that you know, because your eyes aren't used to looking at just one spot of focus through a lens when you focus. You're, you want to, you know, your eyes are looking wherever your subject matter is and then trying to focus on that. But if if you've got your subject matter in a different place than your sweet spot and you're not quite sure where your sweet spot is supposed to be, it's hard to focus. And so this is a great place to start um, because you're able to lock it really quickly uh, to where it's just pointed straight ahead. And, and then your eye can look dead center in your image and say, that's what can be the sharpest. And if you want to crop later to move your sweet spot around, you can do that. That's a great 
a great thing. So first of all, it's simple. It's a beautiful piece of machinery, you know, the metal build and, you know, a super smooth focus. It also has these bokeh blades that, that you can uh, slide into place and uh, they will create a texture in the background. And you can move that to be a vertical texture or a diagonal or, or a horizontal texture. Uh, so the out-of-focus areas take on kind of a, um, uh, you know, almost if it's vertical and you've got green behind, it kind of looks like there's trees or grass or whatnot that have detail. Like there's kind of a up and down sweeping that's happening. But at any rate, that opens up some various opportunities. It's a very simple lens to use. It's a, it's uh, under $200. Um, great place to start. If, if you connect more with the um, velvety glow that you can get at the bright apertures on velvet. I would start with the velvet 56 or the velvet 85. And those are our most distinct effects that we have going right now. And, and then there's some more subtle things like the burn side, which is just a great vintage look to your images that you can, that you can create. You have variable vignette. You have the ability to get swirl in your background at the brightest apertures when you're your subject and um, and background have some separation between them, and you know there's there's lots of things you can do with that. I could go on and on, but but <laughs> but the Soul 45 or Soul 22, if you're shooting Micro Four Thirds, um, is is a great entry into the into the lens baby system. Yeah, so I should probably leave it at that. <laughs> So if um, people are not familiar, which hopefully if they're not, they are after this podcast, if our listeners, I should say, are not familiar with LensBaby, where can they find you? Obviously, there's um, LensBaby.com, but then your Instagram is not LensBaby. Nope. It's C in a new way. And yeah, so Instagram and Twitter are C in a new way. And uh, yeah, there's, there's some great Facebook groups. Which are uh, Lens Baby Unplugged is one that that has a lot of involvement from uh, the Lens Baby staff here, and then we've got Lens Baby Artistry, Lens Baby uh, Lens Baby Addicts. Then we've got a bunch of other smaller uh, groups that that each have their own flavor. And I, you know, if if you're on Facebook, you want to see and get input from other photographers about what kind of work you're doing and and how it might fit, what your lens or what your new lens baby is creating for you, and how you can get input on how to make that better. Those are great groups to go to. And yes, I mean, if you are as a listener, if you're thinking about purchasing a lens baby lens, like just keep in mind, remember that there is just a wealth of information and knowledge available for you, not only just on the LensBaby site, but also within those Facebook groups that Craig was just mentioning as well, which I think is a really unique kind of experience in, in purchasing a lens and having all of those resources available to you. So make sure that you check those out as well. And even if you're still just thinking about it, go in and look because it's a great way to just be inspired, I think, in general um, as a photographer to kind of see how other people are you know, their creative process and their thought process. And that's what I really enjoy about that, you know, makers and artists series is really being able to see what they're doing and how they're doing it. And I think that insight into how other people choose to work and what inspires them is just 
invaluable as a photographer who's always striving to learn and continue to grow and allowing yourself to be inspired by other people, I think is super helpful. And so I'm really appreciative of all of the, you know, kind of resources that you guys have created and put out there for both those people that are using LensBaby and other people and other photographers that are just looking to, you know, maybe learn and, and see and get a different perspective on things. So Craig, we just want to thank you so much for taking time out of your schedule and out of your day to talk with us today. We're really excited to be able to share some, you know, behind the scenes background information information about LensBaby with our Hello Storyteller podcast listeners and our Hello Storyteller community. So thank you, thank you, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. Melissa and Megan, thank you very much. It's an honor to be part of your show. Thanks. Thank you so much. Okay, well, uh, Hello Storyteller podcast listeners, thank you so much for joining in with us today. Um, As always, feel free to send us messages or questions if you have them, um, and we look forward to talking to you all soon. Bye, everybody. Bye, friends. Hey, storytellers. Our academy is officially open for enrollment. Yay! Check out the amazing courses we have to offer available in 2019. And as an extra bonus for being such supportive listeners, you can receive 10% off your course or membership enrollment by using the discount code HSAcademy10 at checkout. Can't wait to see your story unfold, friends.